Tama Lorenzo. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the teen Yutilo, Tom Fitzgerald. And I'm here with the low in Yutilo, Lorenzo, my cousin, my lovely husband. Hello. And it took us Yay, three tries. <laughs> I had the hardest time getting through that this morning. Don't know why, but this is attempt number three. So if you're listening to it, it means I was successful. Yay, me. It's all about growth here on the PSO. Absolutely. Um, And speaking of which, we are all agog and a giggle over, um, you know, things are ending for us in terms of our lockdown. I said earlier that it feels like we got our parole hearing or something. Um, And like the other night, we... We've been in like a home improvement kick this whole past 13 months. What the the hell else are we going to do, right? Place really looks amazing. Everything's been painted. A lot of our artwork has been rehung and stuff that we have been meaning to hang for years has been hung. So now we have our latest project is Lorenzo took a bunch of pictures that we've been keeping in folders, some of which were actually publicity photos for stuff that we did over the years, like the Inquirer story. Um and he got large sizes. We don't actually, like, I don't want to make it sound like we have pictures of ourselves all over our we house. Don't. We, we actually don't. don't. Yeah. That's why. Um, you wanted to get some pictures of us uh, in frames. So you got these nice quality photographs uh, sent to us. And he, he said, you said to me, you were like, you, you can get the frames. You're in charge of that. And I said, listen, I'm not, no tea, no shade against them because they sold a lot of our books this year. But I'm not giving more money to Amazon right now. I'm tired of shopping on Amazon. Um, because you just feel very limited. You're right. and you're you're looking at a picture for some sort of home good, and you're like, yeah, I guess that's what I want. I miss browsing in stores. Mm-hmm. So knowing that our second vaccination is next week, and then two to three weeks after that, we're pretty much free to go out into the world as long as we stay masked and do things that we have been denying ourselves. So I was like, we can go to Target and drop three hundred dollars without planning to, like we used to, irresponsibly, or just. You know, browse the aisles at Marshalls. Right. You know, they have home goods, stuff like that. I just Century walk- 21 closed right. in Philadelphia, know, and that made shame. me really sad. I just want to walk in and see Oh, I'm just browsing. I'm just browsing. Yeah. I actually looked out the window last night, and a, a, a local business just closed. Several businesses in our area have closed, and it's very depressing. Very sad. Our neighborhood is all um, retail and commercial Um on the on its ground floor so it's nothing but shops and stuff like that and they're some of them are small they're not we're not talk, none of them are chain stores nothing like that we're not even allowed to have chain stores in our neighborhood it literally took 20 years to get a cvs in our neighborhood <laughs> it did seriously yeah and they had to adhere to certain signage rules they could not put a lighted oh, yeah, CVS. Like- well we're we're right next to the Liberty Bell and all that stuff. So right. it's very historically certified. And that's actually why yeah, we love the neighborhood. You can't just open any, anything here. But yeah, it's been really sad. There's, there's, you go outside for another walk and it's like, oh, damn, that dress shop that was, it was so cute just closed. Yeah, or that menswear right. shop that had a, they always had a beautiful uh, holiday window every year. Just little things like that. A place where we used to go to eat. Uh, once a month for 20 years, um, the Continental, which is like this upscale diner. Well, they're, they're supposed to bar. open again. That's, that's, that's what, what I, I read. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, we're looking forward to things like that. Yeah. We're looking forward to, um, uh, you know, we're just the mundane stuff. We are talking about travel later in the year, but much later in mm. the year. And that's very much up in the air. Uh, I do know that by next year, like we are out. Out the door, we're doing Europe, we're traveling. No, right? I do miss uh, yeah. traveling. Yeah. yeah, we're getting on a plane and going mm-hmm. far, far away. Oh my God, yes. 
and work, I, I, I working miss, from Paris, working right. from a Paris hotel room. We can do that, yeah. Because that will be fabulous. It'll be but very I, Tara I miss, Bradshaw. I miss, go, miss go to, uh, going to stores and, and, and places like that. Because yeah. I buy online. I don't have a problem buying online, but uh, I hate returning things. And I feel like if I'm shopping in person, you know, I can look at the stuff and decide, yeah, that this is exactly what I want. Plus, you have bad delivery karma. I know, I do. Oh, I thought you were going to get mad at me for no, pointing that I out. No, but I do, I you do. You really do. My, I mean, 80% of the stuff I want online is late. He's on the phone. <laughs> yes. 10 weeks later. We have a table runner. I don't even mind saying. It's from Anthropology, right? Yes, but they're terrible. And um, uh, yeah. Well, this is what I said. A lot of these stores that we're ordering, that's that's sort of, it's oh, six of one hand half dozen of the other that's why so many of us gravitate to amazon because it is freaking user friendly there's not a lot of problems securing what you're looking for and we for instance earlier this year um we had to go without our ikea napkins and we have been living on ikea oh napkins God, yeah. for a decade we would go to ikea i don't know about your local ikea but ours in south philly um, like, for instance, you can go there and have breakfast on Saturday morning. They have this great little cafeteria I think they're all the same everywhere. But. I think they're all like that. So we would once every, I don't know, two months or so, go to Ikea for breakfast on a Saturday. And let me tell you, it was all gay couples. Like, you always yeah. saw it. There were, you know, um, go have breakfast there and then load up on, you know, at least two months worth of Ikea napkins because they are super, super high quality napkins. They are. But they are no more expensive than... They're not right. that much more expensive than supermarket napkins, and they come in every color of the rainbow. Right. They're, it, it, they're it, oversized. It, we try buying other yeah. napkins, and we're like, I know this there. sounds very homosexual yeah. to you all, but uh, so we ran out of Ikea napkins early in lockdown, and um, I we had to use oh, Shutter. We had to use like uh, supermarket, I mean, yeah, <laughs> supermarket brand napkins or Bounty or what. I don't even know what a brand of napkin is because I've been using the Ikea brand for so long. Anyway. It was a sad, dark time. Remember our bathroom light went out and we had a month without light yeah, in our I mean, bathroom? everything happened. Yeah. That month. Okay. And then there was a water main break on our street. Okay. So you ordered... Um, I tried first to order from Ikea and uh, I didn't know Tino Shade. There are certain stores, anthropologists like that, Ikea's like that, where their business, they want you in their store. They want your feet in their store. So their online shopping experience isn't as easy, for instance, as Amazon. Right. And it is part of the reason why we all gravitate to it because of ease of use. And again, it took us four or five months, I think, before we could finally secure our uh, a year's supply of Ikea napkins yeah, in well, one big shipment. It, it's very complicated to buy online, uh, or buy stuff, Ikea stuff online. Um, anyway, I bought the napkins, but it was kind of my mistake, too, because I forgot to add the uh, the exact address. I mean, there was something with the address first. See, it's not always bad karma. It's you not reading just, forms correctly. Oh, please. But anyway, they took forever to get here, but but they got here, they and we have them, here. and yeah. we have them. We've been um, waiting two months for the table runner, however. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that's not your fault but no. i think it's the little delivery devil that lives inside you something there's like a hex or oh, something please. but anyway some sort of family curse um i don't even know how we got on that weirdness that is a total uh i i don't Shift, even diversion yeah, yeah. yeah i don't even know how we got any of that but um we're looking forward to browsing marshalls or or going back to ikea to, to get shop in person. like for the first time ever uh last year i bought 
like cards online and I've never done that before. I don't like doing that. And I don't like doing that. So yeah. it was weird. Uh, you know, you had, I, of course, you know, you adapt and you adjust. But, but yeah, I bought your just, Valentine's Day yeah. card and I, I got it on Amazon, but it was just such a sterile sort of feeling. Like yeah. I like to buy I still like to go to the stores and, yeah. and, and touch things. I don't know if I'm touching things and anymore. I think the first I, time I go to a big supermarket again, I'm going to be, I'm, I might cry. I might cry a little. Oh, please, Jesus. <laughs> There'll be a little tear. I'll, I'll be like uh, arriving on Ellis Island. Oh, my It'll God. Be... <laughs> you, you, you homosexual. I am tired of ordering my food and having it delivered. And, we're currently, and, I, I right. feel like we're currently in the middle of grocery drama, mm-hmm. grocery delivery drama, which is too boring to even get into because you're all probably going through the same thing. So we're having trouble scheduling our latest, and um, we are slowly running out of food. This is probably the last time this is going to happen during lockdown, um, because, again, in three weeks or so, we're going to be able to go grocery shopping again. But it has been, I don't know, it has been a hassle, and I'm tired. I miss miss picking things out for myself Mm -hmm. and... uh, and doing it myself. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I had a, I, I, I used to do it every day. I would, I would go to the gym, and then after the gym, I would text you and, and, and ask if you wanted something. And I would go to the supermarket every day. Right. And we're not, you know, again, I don't know how alien our life sounds to other people sometimes, but you know, it's just the two of us. We're not a right. family here, so. Right. Um, ordering food or having food in the house that stays, you know, vegetables and stuff like that. It's not always easy when you're on a delivery schedule. Like we run out of bananas and it's going to be four or five days before we have bananas again. And then (laughs) you have to eat them all really fast because there's only two of us and they turn brown in like 12 hours. Anyway, all of this is a really good segue uh, to talking about every plate, which is... yes. um, It wasn't deliberate, but it really is a good segue, which uh, every plate is... um, sponsoring this portion of the program and they have sponsored some lovely dinners in our household and have been very very helpful in this year of uh not quite being able to update your pantry as as much or as fresh as you want because you know they're going to you get to pick the meals and then they're going to ship you everything you need as much as you need just to make that perfect meal and uh their recipes are I just think they're fun. I'm a home cook, and I, I love to to cook. But like anybody, I would get caught in a rut and make right. the same dishes right. over and over again. So there's this option for you to pick dishes maybe that you wouldn't normally try right. at home. Um, right. But there's also it's also a lot of classic dishes and stuff that you would want. In, in, and it's all restaurant-quality food. And I haven't even gotten to the copy yet. That's how much I have enjoyed every plate in our life. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with America's Best Value Meal Kit. Get meals you'll enjoy and your bank account will love. Delivered right to your door, contact-free. Think of it this way. One meal from every plate is the same price as one cup of coffee. Every plate dinners are the less expensive and more fulfilling alternative to takeout or delivery, more bang for your buck. I am so tired of delivery, like ordering a pizza and stuff. I'm done opening styrofoam containers where all the food has slopped over to one side. Not doing it. Uh, We've really like tapered off on doing anything like that lately. So every plate is like a perfect, you know, way to bring that level of food into your house. And it's recipes come together in about 30 minutes, definitely faster than any trip to the grocery store or starting a meal from scratch. Every plate provides easy to follow recipe cards and pre-proportioned ingredients so you can spend less time prepping and cooking and more time enjoying good food with family or loved one. 
uh, loved ones. I hope you have more than one loved one. <laughs> but even if you only have one, that's fine too. No judgments here. Every plate offers a changing menu of 14 recipes per week featuring a range of flavors and ingredients so you'll never get bored. So... Try every plate for just $1.99 per meal, plus an additional 20% off your next two boxes by going to everyplate.com, that's E-V-E-R-Y-P-L-A-T-E.com, and entering code T-L-O-199. That's $1.99 per meal, plus an additional 20% off your next two boxes by going to everyplate.com and entering code T-L-O-199. Thank you, EveryPlate. Okay. What's in that tea? <laughs> um, I know, right? Well, it took me three tries to get started, but once you got me going, that engine's like... Okay. We have very judgmental things to say about a range of topics. Actually, there isn't a very wide range of topics. And as you said, and you're absolutely correct, you're like, I don't want this to come off like the judging women hour on, on right. the podcast. No, that's not uh, the... No, that's know. not what this is about. But right. we are going to talk about two very different women, Dr. Jill Biden, our first lady, and Khloe Kardashian, who both sort of blew up in the last, in the last week, since we last spoke. Um, Jill Biden, we'll start with her. She... Um, Pictures came out this week of her getting off Air Force One at, I believe it was Andrews Air Force Base, and uh, it was Easter night, so it would seem to me that she was probably coming back from Delaware, um, I guess. Whatever. She was coming from someplace private. It wasn't a public um, appearance. And the reason this is notable is because she disembarked and she was wearing this sassy little mini skirt. This like swing mini skirt, really pretty. Uh huh. And I think she had a cropped leather jacket on. And um, what the press, even the fashion press, were calling them fishnet stockings. They were not. And I would call them patterned tights, not yeah. fishnet stockings. There's a there's a distinct difference. However, she was wearing um, what the press called fishnet stockings and a pair of high heeled booties. It was a very youthful sort of outfit, although. If I'm being blunt, I don't think 17-year-olds dress like this, but it is a very sort of youthful outfit for a first lady. Um, there was a, some minor pushback by the usual sorts of people who wound up calling her a whore because she was wearing fishnets and heels and whatever. Um, but what I think the real the real um, surprise the reason there was a reaction to it is I, I because I had this reaction was wow she's really stepping up her game like. Right. Uh, you know, uh, we followed Michelle Obama for eight years closely. I mean, very closely, something like 90% of her public uh, ensembles we covered. And in a lot of cases, Jill Biden was in those pictures, and we didn't really have much to say about it because it was very, you know, appropriate, um, sort of mature style, and she wasn't flashy. Um and I kind of assumed she was going to be that kind of first lady, and I was fine with that. I mean, that's, I say that in a non-judgmental way, but she's a doctor. She's got a working career outside the White House. She's not, you know, I felt like, oh, she's not going to be posing for the cover of Vogue. That's not who she is. But now I don't know. What did you think of her outfit? I I was surprised, but in a good way, because I, I, I like when people change their style, you know, or... Especially she's like 68, right. 69. I think that's a great thing about fashion that, you know, sometimes you you have your personal style, uh, your own way of dressing, getting dressed, but then you, you decide that, oh, you know what, today I'm going to do something completely different. Right. And why right. not? That's how it felt to me. Like, all right, I'm just going to wear this. You know, why not? Right. And she looked great. I thought she looked great. I did um, too. 
I don't think it was too old for her. I mean, too young for her. No, days. no, no. No, I don't think so. I, I, I think people are just finding stuff to talk um, about. I was reading, I think it was in Glamour, it might have been Vogue, who was describing the outfit, and they said it was something like, what, a mature New Yorker who just discovered Betsy Johnson, with <laughs> how they would dress. And I'm like, that's exactly it. It's not that it's too young for her, but it's a youthful sort of style that you can see women in her age group wearing. Um, and it's very... It's not only unusual for her, it is slightly unusual for the First Lady. Right. Just, even with, even post-Michelle and post-Melania, um, it was odd to see a First Lady in a miniskirt, pattern tights, and booties. That's that's a step in a different direction. So I, I do actually kind of understand why it suddenly blew up. I don't obviously support anyone calling her a whore or even suggesting it was inappropriate in any way. Right. But... Um, I was surprised, and we talked about this earlier this week, where uh, we were talking about First Lady fashion, and I said, and I think you agreed with me on this, that um, the Bidens are, I, be- I believe, doing their best to project as youthful and right. you know, as much vitality in their image as possible. Uh, not because, not that it's a false image, because I actually think they are very, very active and very fit, both of them. Um, but they're really sort of highlighting that in their image. You know, uh, I think Joe wears his suits tighter now than he did when he was vice president. Mm-hmm. And he's a very fit man. He bikes. I don't think he bikes every day anymore, but I'm sure he works out. Right. And um, she's always been very active. She's always been very fit. But I really feel like because of his age and how people have attempted to use that as, and continue to use that as a um, as a reason to criticize him, they're both, uh, you know, I think she's doing sort of what Michelle Obama did in a different sort of way. She's actually looking at fashion as a first lady and saying, right. what kind of image about myself can I project? And when it was Michelle Obama, she was projecting an image that said, I belong here uh, in this seat of power as a, a, a black woman owning this space. Like that was very much in Michelle's image and, and the way she used fashion. Um and here, and I feel like Jill is Dr. Jill is perhaps using it to establish that she and her husband are youthful and right. vital, and um, not just America's grandma and grandpa. Right. If you go on on Twitter, that's all they talk about that they're old. And they're old. You know, they're very old. They are. I mean, they they he is record breaking in his age in right. terms of he's the oldest president elected for a first term. But he's old and fit <laughs> as opposed to a younger president who, you know, could barely walk anyway. So doesn't exercise or do anything. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, not that he had to. But when when you compare both or you criticize one and, and completely forget about the other one, then yeah, that's right. a problem. Uh, I think she looked, she looked great. Uh, it's kind of inactive, you know, I'm a busy woman kind of right. like, I mean, you know, I'm you a know, cool grandma. Kind yeah. Of like shifting, you know, going from one place to another, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. that type of outfit. And I liked it. I, I liked do. It. Think it's not my favorite type of outfit. Uh, no, it's kind of a cliche to me that that the skirt with, you know, booties and things like that. It's not on trend for right this moment. Right. But I, I thought, she looked great, and I was surprised, but as I said, I was surprised in a good way. I was like, oh, that's a cool outfit for I her. I wonder if her granddaughters are helping her. Right, um, could be. Because they're all very fashionable and stylish, mm-hmm. um, or their daughter uh, is also very stylish, Ashley Biden. So I wonder if there's not a little input there, because right. I think of the... They're very close with their grandchildren. They're, the the grandchildren have been spending time at the White House, and that's why they go home every, every weekend to Delaware, so... 
just after the inauguration when they all came out looking incredibly stylish. I kind of wonder if they're not helping right. uh, Jill I along like a idea, little. I do like the idea of people trying things. I think because when you're... In, it, when everyone is looking at you and criticizing you on a daily basis, I, I can understand why you want to stick to a certain look, to a certain image, because you right. don't want to be judged. Um, so I wish people gave them more space, gave people space it's in general. politics. Yeah. No one's going to give them any like, room to breathe. Okay, you didn't like it. Maybe it's too young, but move, let's move on. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about the next outfit. Right, right, right. <laughs> Um, I'm just surprised. Like I said, I did. I thought it was all going to be very just sort of tasteful sheath dresses, right. and that was going to be it for the next four years. But she's really stepped her game up, and good for her. Yes, it's really become, I think, in the post Michelle era, because uh, when you think about her predecessor was Laura Bush, and her predecessor was Hillary Clinton, and her predecessor was Barbara Bush. Um, but it, when you have that Michelle to Melania uh, sort of pipeline. Now, I hate having to compare them, but they both fulfilled the role back to back. And they really made it much more of a high fashion role than it had been in previous, you know, decades. It it has not been this high fashion since Nancy. Mm -hmm. And then prior to that, Jackie. So this is the third first lady in a row that really seems to be approaching the role from with an understanding of how to use high fashion. And I know I keep saying this all the time, but it's true because now we also have social media. We have Instagrams, we have Twitter, we have a immediate way of, of, of talking about things. You exactly. Know? And, exactly. And visually, especially. Right. Um, talk about, you know, the way things look very, very quick. Yeah. Um, I see that happening because now I go to TikTok a lot and I see that happening on TikTok. I see that everywhere. I mean, it's just people talk about things immediately yeah. and um and they have access to images and, and things quicker than they had you know many years ago yeah agreed and speaking of image are you ready to wade yes! into the next topic my favorite family we um uh we're gonna talk about chloe kardashian who's had a week and uh, we'll explain why if you don't know but uh yeah why are we talking about chloe kardashian hmm that's not really our purview. It's not the kind of thing that we tend to... We, those waters we don't wade into all that often. We do cover and have covered Kim Kardashian for years now. Um, over five years. Right. On a fairly consistent basis. But I, it's not even on a monthly basis. When she serves up looks that are fashionable, you know, in the sense that they're high fashion, we have featured her on... Like, she has gone to the Paris shows and walked the streets of Paris day after day. And we used to feature her for stuff like that. Whenever that she was on a red carpet, we featured her. And the reason for featuring Kim and not really caring about the other members of the family is because Kim, uh, we actually did have post-Project Runway, uh, well, no, well, we're not post, but when we stepped away from being just fan bloggers and established a blog as pop culture bloggers, we actually did have this idea that we weren't going to cover much in the way of reality television. And the opportunity to become actually very involved in the Housewives franchise was presented to us early. I don't mean we were going to be in it. I mean, we could have had our pick of anybody to interview because we had very good relationships right. with Bravo back in that day. Um, they loved us over there. Um, we were on Andy Cohen's serious radio show last year, and the first thing he brought up was how much they loved us over in Bravo. So, And that was you know, 11, 12 years later. Um so, and we made a conscious decision. We weren't real. We were like, no, we want to do celebrity. We want to do culture. We want to do, you know, uh, you know, movies and television. And so we had 
stayed away. We never cover the housewives, and we don't really cover the rest of the Kardashian clan. Kim married one of the most important and famous rappers in the world, one of the biggest uh, figures in modern music history. You can say what you want about Kanye. Right. It's a problematic figure in a million ways, um, but that cannot be taken away from her. She didn't marry some, just someone. She married a big one. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that propelled her into a higher level of celebrity. And then that's when Anna Wintour basically signed off on her, right. put her on the cover of Vogue, invited her to the Met Gala. And that that just, esta- that, there's a reason that Kim is probably the richest, just came out this week that she's a billionaire, and um, the most famous of them, because she stepped out of um, social media fame and and reality television fame into high level music. She was at the Grammys every year. You know what I mean. Right. She was at the Met Gala before mm-hmm. anybody else in that family was, and so and she had a distinct and very bloggable public style. There's just a lot there to you know snark on the way she dresses. So we covered her, but not Chloe. You married a musician, and and, and I guess to everybody, uh, it's like, all right, it's not just about you, your family, your image, your reality TV show anymore. Uh, you can actually <laughs> present yourself as someone who's associated with art, with, with something higher than, than reality TV. If you want to put it that way, that sounds a little snotty, <laughs> a little snotty for someone who started off as a reality TV blogger. <laughs> But I get what you're saying is that it does. It steps her into a different sort of um, it does area yeah. of yeah. celebrity than just you know Chris Jenner or whatever. Um, so Chloe, this week, um, we uh, before we get into what she did, why are we covering this? Because these things pass in front of our eye. They they t- it was like when the Britney documentary came out last month, and we did an episode on it. Not that we had much to do with the coverage of Britney, and we basically avoided covering her for years on our site. But, you know, it's pop culture. It's important. It brings up a lot of issues that we have to in some way wrestle with and deal with every day. So which, those, those things on social media, they usually become bigger than just the person we're talking about. You know, right, right, it, right. It, it just expands and and then people are talking about other things. They are important. Um, so that's why we So we and before we launch into it, I just want to say, because this does touch on issues of body image uh, in women and stuff like that, that this will be a respectful conversation. Right. Um, and we just want to touch on a lot of things that were said and the, the how it slots into the history of how that family has acted. But, you know, it became very obvious this week that Khloe Kardashian, um, even before she acknowledged it in her note to everyone last night, that Khloe Kardashian suffers from body uh, image issues, from self-image issues. And this played out this week. Now, someone, when they're in her circle, I have heard conflicting reports it was either her grandmother or some assistant posted a picture of her on social media. It was a candid photo at a pool. It was one of the family's houses. I don't know if it was her house or not. And she was in uh, a teeny little Kardashian-style string bikini. She looked great, but it wasn't a filtered photo, and it wasn't a particularly posed photo, so she hadn't hit all her correct angles or whatever. She looked great in the picture. She looked amazing. Yeah, I mean, by anybody's standard, she would have looked great. She didn't look, you know, airbrushed to flawless perfection. She wasn't facing the camera in the way she probably would have wanted to. It was clearly a candid shot. The usual poreless, you know. Exactly. She had pores. She had pores in the picture. And that's the end of it. Uh, And sunlight was hitting her face really hard. So, you know, she wasn't gaining any shadows on her face. So, um, I don't know who posted it. Someone in the inner circle posted it and immediately came down. 
um, from whosoever social media account it, it popped up in. But it rocketed all over social media immediately, all over the internet immediately, because you do not get to see candid photos of that family. Uh, their image is so tightly controlled. Again, this is sort of a, a weird thing to relate it back to Jill Biden, but it's more like, um, it's not that it's a shocking thing that she looked like that. It's shocking to see it mm-hmm. because she doesn't allow that image. Sort of the same with, you know, First Lady and Fishnets. Um, but, uh, and honestly, I didn't see much. We're very online and we're very plugged in. I didn't see a lot of people no. disparaging her body. In no. fact, most people were just, I mean, people were laughing because it was clearly candid right? and she clearly didn't want it out there. But I really did not see a lot of people criticizing her body. I, the, my, the first stuff I read was actually complimentary. I mean, like they were, they were just saying, you know, oh my God, she looks great. Look right. at her. Uh, I wish just because it was candid. Yeah. Was, I wish she posed more like that or whatever. Yeah. Uh, more pictures like that. It, they were all positive. And then her PR people started going after people. And they were getting social media accounts shut down. They right. were threatening to sue websites that posted the picture. Yes. It just exploded and got really out of and hand. Th- that's how, when and how it exploded. Yeah. Because, um, uh, I, it's really strange. Everyone was complaining about it. To consider that family manages things so tightly, it's really strange to consider that they tried to do this because how did you not think this was going to blow up? Once a picture like that is right. out there, it is out there. It is nearly impossible to get things like that completely scrubbed, especially uh, when you're someone as famous as that. As many people said online, it, people would have forgotten about it by now, but because they made such a big deal out of it, yeah. now we, we're still talking about it. Um, so it, it had the opposite effect. Right. Um, so uh, it became just this cause celeb in every sense of the word yesterday, and... Um, Eventually, she had to put a note out on, it was a long note on uh, social media. And she tried to be very candid about um, her own issues with self-image. It was just a very confused and contradictory message. And I did feel bad for her reading it. I was like, wow, this, this woman isn't she's not dealing with the issues that are clearly underlying everything that she's saying here. She's trying to bluff her way past them. Like she, she said it was more or less like, yes, I tried to take it down because uh, people have called me the fat one for years and the ugly one for years. Again, I don't doubt that. Um, but then she ended it with, but it's my body and I choose to, blah, 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 and it's well, okay. You're arguing in favor of not letting people see the real you as if that's an, an empowerment thing, which is, that's kind of a dangerous argument as if hiding behind filters, um, was somehow empowering, but I want, it's not even that so much that I want to get into. Um, the immediate blowback to the letter was, uh, first off, a lot of people pointed out the amount of plastic surgery that she and everybody else in the family has had. And, Again, I don't want to get into moralizing about plastic surgery because you can look at, for instance, someone like Michael Jackson and see the tragedy of his addiction to it. Right. And it, I don't feel right making... I know people did make fun of him in the day, but in, now it's like, that's not something I really want to make fun of anymore. Plus, there's the knowledge that um, for a lot of trans women, plastic surgery is a gateway to them realizing who they want to be. Mm-hmm. A lot of trans women utilize... Uh, plastic surgery to remold, you know, so I'm not here to tell people it's wrong or to moralize about taking 
control over what you want your body to look like, you know, surgical control. However, um, that doesn't make you the best person to talk about natural self-image and that sort of thing. Like that right there is a muddied, I'm not sure you can claim that image or that message. But past all of that, it's the fact that the Kardashians and Chloe have made roughly a billion dollars or more collectively, mm-hmm. several billion if you go by some reports, off their looks and a version of their looks that was acquired both through plastic surgery, um, through uh, Photoshop. Uh, and what they have done is they've used that image to uh, sell beauty products to women. Waist cinchers and diet teas and things for plumping your lips. But all of their options were surgical. And so that is, there's a big lie going on there mm-hmm. that people don't really address when it comes to that family and how they make their money. Um, I know Jamila Jamil has been calling them out for years. And right. she was actually right under Chloe's, uh, t- on Twitter, just going. But she was being polite. It was more like, now that you've admitted that you have this image, like or this issue, like, really? how can you of sort of wow. continue? This is my point. Without judging you, and in full sympathy that, it, yeah, it must be hard. And I'm not even one of those people that's going to say, well, you could always just go off TV and quit your job. Like, I'm not even going to say that. What I am going to say is you need to take, you know, some sort of responsibility for the the bullshit products you've been selling to young women, literally selling to young women. It's how you made your millions, diet teas and waist cinchers and, you know, all this shit that isn't going to make them look like you because you took more extreme. Go ahead. No, it's true. The thing is that I I remember when the show started, I I actually watched the first season um, and I noticed immediately how it was all about Kim, how how gorgeous Kim was and and how everybody else was just family members. Uh, And I could I could tell that Chloe was very it was a shy one. She was very insecure about her looks. She used to mock uh, Kim. Uh, if you watch the episodes, you can see that she, she makes fun of, of Kim for worrying too much about the right. way she looks and, and, you know, fashion and things like that. So and and now you can see that probably because she was very insecure at the time of the way she looked. And, and you know, that was the way she dealt with it, you know, mocking her sister for, you know, being obsessed about it. Right. Um, but then the show got bigger and bigger and bigger and people and they started getting more and more money and and image and their faces started changing right. and image became even bigger so of course you start changing you start paying more attention to the way you look and then you know you start using your money to sort of reshape that image that you have right um and that's the business uh and i don't have a problem with it i don't have a problem with with plastic surgery i don't have a problem with i mean i've done botox we've done botox we've done botox yeah i have a problem with fillers or whatever i don't have a problem with any of that or even if you want to have your face resculpted i right. mean i have a two I, of those sisters have completely different faces right. than they had 10 years ago My completely God, yes. different faces i don't have a problem with that the problem that i have is um not admitting that you do these things and exactly that and while you're selling products yes well so that's the thing it's it you 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 so focus on image and you you're selling products that will you know allegedly re- replicate that that 
look and that right. style that you have, which doesn't. Um, but you selling these products, you, you you know, you promoting this image of being natural, mm-hmm. of like you know, you don't do a lot, you know, you just use those products and you're gonna look like me, and that's why I look like that, which is so untrue. And we should follow this up by I didn't point out that she was on Instagram Live after she posted the note last night and doing this sort of slow sl- striptease, I think, in the family gym or whatever. I don't even know where she was, but she was far from the camera. It was a deliberately very low lit room, and she was showing off her body in in a very Instagrammy sort of way. And it's again, this image is very muddled. Like you're trying to show self acceptance and everything, but then you're resorting to all these distortions. Right. And I get it that people made fun of the way she looked, especially comparing to Kim again. Uh, and then you change the way you look. She changed the way her lo- she looks. I mean, that, no doubt about it. I mean, you look at old pictures, and that's totally fine. But it's your but choice. I, it's your choice, and, and I'm fine, fine with it. But you should admit you did that, and that just you know because you're selling this image, right? Of of and then she, you can't have it both ways. You can't sell this image of perfection. You know, social media perfection, Instagram perfection, and at the same time complain that people make fun of you and that, you know, people who don't look perfect or don't have a perfect body, you know, are harassed. beauty standards and everything. And it's, I said this earlier, I'm like, this is like if Anna Winter came out and said she had an eating disorder and she blamed the fashion industry, where it's like, okay, you, that's all technically true. But you are not the person who can lead that conversation because you are responsible for so much of it. Like I said, the Kardashian clan is a several billion dollar corporation that sells beauty products and waist trimmers and diet products to young women. So and and sends out a, a completely filtered and tightly controlled version of themselves to the world so that nobody gets to see them in a candid light. You are not the person. I agree that you probably suffered under this system. You, but you also became a multimillionaire. And I'm not hearing any responsibility for that or any suggestion that you might, for instance, stop hawking these products. Like, that's the thing. She's going to hawk dieties again. She's going to hawk whatever, lip plumpers again, whatever the hell they, they do. Well... I read her statement on Instagram, and and you know it's the usual. And now you're you you blaming other people, in a way. And I can understand why you're doing this, but at the same time, you you blaming people, and you say, okay, you know, I was mocked my entire life. You know, uh, you know, people make fun of the way I look, and so on. That's why I don't want this picture out there, and this shouldn't happen. We shouldn't go after people for the way they look blah 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 but and they then, tried to sue people and then she says but you know I, I i i don't know exactly what she said but it was sort of like i i don't care the way I, how i look or right. you know i'm, I'm but in, you clearly do i'm in control of my body my image my the way i present myself to the world but okay so you can't have it both ways that's you just can't it. yeah that's just it you can't say that you're in control, that you don't care, this, you, you know, you're responsible for the way you look and how you present yourself, blah, blah, blah. And um, you didn't like that picture and you wanted to, you know, take it down, which is all fine, but you can't have it both ways and say that, you know, people are attacked, people, you know, blah, 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 and you're selling products at the same time. You also, I mean, I'm, you can't say that as a member of that family. Uh, who, like I said, across the board, there are some serious self-esteem issues there. Um, 
uh, in a lot of the members of that family and the way they present them. Look at their brother. I mean, they basically kicked him out of public life because he wouldn't lose weight. And he, right. and he, he clearly crumbled under the pressure from that. That's not a healthy family. And they, I don't mind saying that because right. they put all that dysfunction out on display. They may. And if you're, I'm sorry, let me just, if you're suffering, Chloe, and I believe it, I believe all of that. So I'm trying to be sympathetic, but it's like you're partaking in a system and living in a family that is, you know, you're producing this. The reason this is beauty standards are like this is, well, your family's they got a big chunk of responsibility for that. If you're not going to acknowledge that, I have some personal sympathy for you, but not much. Past that, no. Unless you start saying, I'm going to you know, promote healthy living or something, but that's not what she's doing. Right. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, we live in a world, especially in Instagram, that we create this, this world that we... Th- I, I think I said once on Twitter, I said... Instagram is, is where you go to to uh, to be jealous of, of a life that people pretend they have, right. um, and it's pretty much that's pretty much it. Um, you know, I, I we post pictures on Instagram, and yes, I look around to make sure that the, the floor is not dirty. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know, right. I look at the picture before I I post it because I know it will be criticized. Now imagine if you have millions and millions of followers, and uh, you posting pictures every day of yourself. Uh, wearing you know very small short things um and uh, everyone is talking about it and on top of that you're selling products to look like that so yes i understand the pressure but at the same time you have a responsibility especially when something like this happens and and you go after everyone and you want to take the picture down no matter what uh it does not send a good message at all no it's it not a good message. sound like you are no. um really un- in charge of your right, own right. self-esteem or it just doesn't that's not the image that you're projecting like i said it's it's like anna winter decrying you know unhealthy body images or something like that it's like lady you can talk about well we can talk about that but i don't think that's a conversation you get to be part right. of and and if you and if you're concerned about it you have billions of dollars now i mean you can take control now and and, and you know create a foundation or whatever just, right. just do something right to help the cause, and if you feel that you, this is how you you know you treat it, um, but it yeah it it's confusing. I thought it was very disappointing that they would go after people the way they did. Exactly, uh, that's the, the part down. where it really yeah. went too far. Clearly, yeah. I mean, it's not just something like oh, I didn't. You like can't the punish people because you have body issues. Like that's you because just can't. You want to control your image to the point where. You know, accidentally one picture is out there and it's not a picture of you naked. It's a picture of you having a, a normal body like everybody. And I wouldn't even call that normal. No, that's I mean, not a normal body. That's not I even mean, normal. She's in yeah. fantastic shape. She's in fantastic shape. And that's the thing. You know, these people have access to the best. They have chefs. They have trainers. They have everything. They have plastic surgery. Yes. They have doctors. They have <laughs> the most amazing of everything because they can afford it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do feel sorry because clearly uh, she's very insecure about the way she looks and that's why she keeps changing it. Uh, uh, but at the same time, you can't claim that everyone is after you when you're making billions uh, producing that kind of image. Exactly. Um, I have some sympathy. I don't think people should be calling her ugly or fat or anything like that. And I have no doubt that she was subjected to it. But um, you really need to examine your part in a system that makes young women feel terrible about how they look. Anyway, enough judgment. Yes.
I do want to before we go. Yes, yeah, so you should talk about your favorite show. Now. I was just going to say I. It's, I'm not going to talk extensively about it because I only watched <laughs> one season. But if you're looking for something soothing in these final weeks and months of lockdown, um, HBO Max has the Great Pottery Throwdown, which is a British series, very much in the um, Bake Off uh, format, except they are ceramicists; they're potters. Uh, I watched the four, they have four seasons. I watched the latest season first because I just felt like, mm-hmm. and I turned out I was right because I've watched a lot of reality television over the years and I was like, you know what? Third, fourth season, that's really when a show hits its stride. So I watched four season. It was incredibly fun to watch. I don't know a thing about it. I mm-hmm. don't know a thing about how, but I actually learned a lot. Um, and it, these people are amazingly talented people. And of course, in the way of these Brit- soft, gentle British. Yeah, they're always like that. They're soft just and the most <laughs> charming people <laughs> you know, could ever I meet. I know, I know. Um, I absolutely was in tears when a couple people left. Um, well, the host, one of the hosts, the main judge of the show is uh, apparently he's a very famous British potter, Keith Brimer Jones. He's quite a character. Um, because he's this giant lug of a man, but he routinely cries when someone produces something pretty. Oh, um, I, I, I understand that. I, I cry. He with, cries constantly. I cry with art all the time. Yes. And there's, um, in season four, there's just, I don't want to give anything away unless you've seen it, but towards the end of the season, really in the last two episodes of the season, someone who clearly no one thought was going to be in the finals winds up in the finals. And Keith is so overwhelmed i'm gonna get all caught up overwhelmed with how impressed he was by this person's improvement that he was practically sobbing at the end of it oh that's sweet that it's that kind of show it's not it's not american so it's very uplifting and you get to look at either really beautiful ceramic pieces at the end of it or really tragic messes (laughs) um (laughs) which is also fun which is also fun although i will say it's it's really hard because if you know anything about ceramics um it's it's a process that sometimes takes days of work and very various drying processes so if something doesn't work you have it's really disappointing because you've watched someone work on it for like two days um i then i, I finished season it. four you'll love season I, four. yeah i have to watch it and uh, the boy, the one of my co-hosts cute. is the nun from dairy girls I in know, season and four i love her uh, but then I went back to watch season one uh, last night after I finished season four, and I was right. It's not quite as smooth or as necessarily as as um, pretty to look at. It you know shows learn these, mm-hmm. things, but it's still very entertaining. Is I have only... I have no doubt that all all four seasons are entertaining. What's that? Is that the only season available on, on HBO Max? The... I just said all four seasons are available. Oh, they are now. Sorry, I missed that part. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and on that note, no, I'm not. We're not going to write a post about it. It's really not the kind of show that I think. I don't know. I just, it just, it's a lot of fun. It's a gentle watch, and you get to look at, you know, little British potters puttering away in a shed. It's really, really cute. That's adorable. Uh, season four has um, uh, several cute gay guys and one cute straight guy. Um, so, and then I love that the the person, I think they're called like the kiln master or whatever, who is in charge of drying all their stuff is um, uh, Rose, who's a trans woman. So, ah. it, yeah, it's just great. Oh, it's now I have to watch great, it. great, yeah. like sort of very modern, but gentle. Uh, and yeah, it's just great. Love it. Uh, and I loved watching it. it. 
it's one of those shows where you're like, man, I got to take up pottery. And then you're like, fuck, no, I'm not doing it. Look how much work that is. And these people are highly talented and they still struggle with it. It's, it looks like an amazing hobby to have. It also looks like a really expensive hobby to have. But and we have a uh, our neighborhood has a really yes, well known. I was just going to mention uh, that yeah. clay studio. Our neighborhood has a lot of art galleries and stuff like. We've that. We've bought several pieces, and yeah. they're all students, and and they're they're incredible. Yeah, and they they're have talented. big showings uh, where you can go in and watch uh, all the work that's been produced that that I guess semester because they teach anyway. Uh, that's it for us. Yeah. And thank you once again for listening to all of our ridiculous thoughts and opinions and cartoon voices. We'll be back next week with whatever crosses our eyes or crosses our desks, such as Chloe Kardashian's yeah. little meltdown this and week. And please let, let us know how you feel about yes. all these topics. Yes. I I have learned that when you mention Kardashians, people have opinions. <laughs> opinion. So uh, we would like to hear your opinion. And uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, love you, mean it. Bye-bye. Bye.